Let's go to the word of God. I want to speak some things that I want you to pay close attention concerning sowing and reaping. Sowing and reaping. In John chapter 3, one of uh, my favorite uh, conversation is uh, the, conver- the, the conversation that Jesus had with Nicodemus in, in, in John chapter 3. It's wonderful. I mean, every time I go into it, I see something that the Lord wants us to, to know and to understand. But in John chapter 3, after having spoken about you must be born again and on and on, he says this in John chapter 3, verse 12, Jesus, speaking to Nicodemus, if I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? Now that's something so important there. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? That in other words, remember everything that is created, we know God created the heavens and the earth. And actually if you pay close attention to the natural occurrence of things as God intended them to be, you'll have an understanding concerning the functioning of the kingdom of God. And that's what you are going to look at concerning uh, sowing and reaping. So he's talking about you can't perceive natural things. You can't believe what I've spoken to you is uh, natural things. How about if I, I tell you heavenly things? Just be aware of that. A reflection of things happening in the spirit realm. In other words, he's saying this. These are things that you can see that I'm speaking about. What about if I start speaking to you of the unseen realm? The unseen realm, which takes even more perception. Jesus taught, uh, taught many things by parables. And we see that clearly in the scriptures. He taught pe- people using natural occurrence of things. And this was to open a door for them to understand the functioning of the kingdom of God. Let's go to Mark chapter 4. Mark 4. You know, right there I can say so many things regarding it. Mark 4, 2 to 3, says, it says, Then he taught them many things by parables and said to them in his teaching, Listen. In other words, pay attention. Listen. Pay attention. Behold, a sower went out to sow. Listen. Pay attention. If you are looking the other side, say, pay attention. Listen. Behold, a sower went out to, 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 to sow. Say, I have ears to hear. I therefore hear. Because that was so, so much, remember, when he's speaking about this parable, that's when he started speaking to about blessed are your eyes for the see and ears for the hear. And to you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. In other words, you must perceive these things. Now when you are told that you have, remember that was the prophet from, uh, from Isaiah, if you, you, you hear someone telling you, and this is not someone, Jesus saying this, you have eyes but you do not see. Oh, I don't want to be in such a place. But then he tells his disciples, blessed 
are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. Meaning you can have eyes and not see. Natural eyes but not perceive the things of the spirit. And then this is an emphasis. I want us to go to Mark chapter 4. Uh, verse 10, still Mark chapter 4. Let's look at verse 10 to 11 and then 13 to 14. But when he was alone, Jesus, those around him with the 12 asked him about the parable. And he said to them, to you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. Say, that's mine. That's me. To me it has been given. To know the mystery of the kingdom of heaven. You believe that? You take it. You take it. You, you look at the scriptures every time. You see that. You take it. You say, that's mine. But to those who are outside, all things come in parables. And, listen, and he said to them, listen, pay attention to this, to his words. He says to them, uh, do you not understand this parable? Which parable is that? The parable of the sower. Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? If you are saying it in Swahili, you'll say what? Huyu ni mama wa parables zote. Oh yeah. If you don't understand, uh, listen to this. Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? And remember, in many times then he used parables. So he says, if you don't get the foundation, if you don't get this one, how will you understand all other parables? Which parable is that? The parable of the soul. So that's how important for us to be able to understand what is this sowing and reaping. Because says, if you, want, you don't understand this, remember just like he spoke to Nicodemus, if I have spoken to you earthly things and you do not believe, how will it be when I start speaking to you heavenly things? In other words, if you don't get the basics, if you don't get the foundation, this is so foundational that you have to get it for you to build on top of it. Sowing and reaping. There is emphasis concerning this parable. This is the functioning of the kingdom of God in the life, in the life of a believer. Sowing and reaping. Remember, he talks about different kind of souls uh, so, soils, and then he says this in verse 14, the sower sows the word. In other words, the word, for the word to work in a, in a person's life, in a believer's life, there has to be that sowing of the word of God. You sow the word of God, you plant it in the area of your need. And expect the harvest. That's what it is. You need salvation. You keep sowing those words concerning non-believers. What are the results in verse 20? But these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word, accept it or receive it and bear fruit, some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. 
Listen, church. Choosing to operate by sowing and reaping as a way of life opens you up to understanding the functioning of the kingdom of God. How important that is. Choosing to operate through the, the principle of the, to operate by sowing and reaping as a way of life. Not sometimes. Not during Christmas. Only all the time as a lifestyle. What is it first? You have to get that spiritual seed. Why would I call it spiritual seed? Because Jesus said in John 6, 63, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. So the word of God is a spiritual seed. Get it into the soil of your heart. That's where it begins. However, that's not it. That's in the, re the reality of the realm of the spirit. But he's talking about how do we function on this earth. Your life is as a result of seed. My life is as a result of seed. And I do believe this. What we're experiencing even now in our lives, most likely even the whole earth, is as a result of seeds that have been sown. You can't get away from the reality of seed. Seed, sowing, and reaping. That is the functioning of the kingdom of God. And you think about kingdom, we think of a king's domain. The king's domain. King's domain around you daily. That you go to a place and what you are carrying is that the kingdom of God. Remember what he says, the kingdom of God is within you. So wherever you go, you are carrying that kingdom of God. This is what it means. You are operating under different citizenship. Knowing to operate in those principles, in the law of seed time and harvest in the kingdom of God, actually is knowing how to operate in your true identity, the citizenship of heaven. Amen? Can you think about this? Like the, the, the astronauts going to, to a moon or wherever they go, they go with their own uh, environment, so to speak. Their own oxygen. Listen, you have a heavenly provision. You understand the principle of king, seed time and harvest. You have a heavenly provision. You have a heavenly protection. You have the glory of God wherever you go. Listen, there are angels that are bigger than anything you can imagine who surround you all the day. One of them is enough to do bigger things. Hallelujah, hallelujah. That's the kingdom. That's the king's domain. The presence of the king's, the, the presence, his presence in his domain. And the kingdom of God is within you. Then, if you understand that, then you expect your king to fulfill his word daily. You expect that. God will fulfill his word daily. Why? I'm operating in his principles. What is that? You get busy sowing and reaping. Sowing and reaping. You sow words of faith. You sow words of faith. You expect harvest. You expect harvest. You sow seeds of faith. You sow kindness. 
Let me narrow it down concerning finances because it seems to me like God specializes in blessing his people in the time of famine. It seems to me all the time. And I can see, I can look at so many scriptures regarding that. Understanding increases through obedience. You can separate the two people. Understanding increases through obedience. And listen, obedience actually is faith. Faith is an action word. Not passive. Faith, remember what you looked at last week? Your faith, what Jesus says, your faith. When he saw their faith. When you saw their faith. It's an action word. If you don't take sim simple steps, let me give this one. I say, oh, pastor, I knew you were going there. Yes, it's you of the kingdom. If you, take, you don't take simple steps of tithing and offering every time you receive anything, then you will not grow in operating as the, as the citizen of the kingdom of God. What about if you do it? You grow. You grow. You become bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger in your thinking, in your understanding concerning the kingdom of God. And listen, you, you get that, that principles, that law of seed, time, and harvest operating inside of you. Do you know what is happening? It's setting you up for more understanding of the functioning of the kingdom of God and his wisdom is infinite. His understanding is infinite. It opens us more to operate on this earth just like God. Like Jesus. How would it be that you would take a lunch of a boy and multiply it? He knew something about, not something, he knew all concerning this principle of seed time and harvest that he expects his people to operate that way. Remember, you are called Christians. Christ like, yeah, Christ like. Then you will grow as, as a citizen of the kingdom. You will depend, listen, you will not depend. If, if we don't, if a person tithing and not giving of offerings, what actually that happens is this. They depend on the natural, and listen, the natural will fail. Because there is one who manipulates this, and that's the devil. And for us of the kingdom, for we walk not by sight, but by faith. For we walk by faith, not by sight. That's us of the kingdom of God. Say, that's me. Remember when you were in primary school? John Kamau, present. So when you hear that, I walk by faith, not by sight, present. It's me. I'm here in the class. Glory to God. I am, I've signed up to operate in the laws of the kingdom of God and to function in the kingdom of God as a seed sower. Sowing and reaping is exercising our dominion on earth. Oh, the power of the seed. Oh, my goodness. That seed sown is powerful. You've seen trees even, uh, you know, going through 
piercing, not pierce, I don't know if they piercing, but coming out of rocks, moving rocks just to come out. That's the power of the seed. No wonder. They buried him. They put his body in the grave. He went to hell. He was raised by the power of, the God, power of God. That's the power of seed. That's the power of seed. And do you know that's the incorruptible seed that is in, in you and I? He's the living word of God and it's this word of God that has been made available to us. Uh, you, you, get, you, you, you exercise dominion through seed time, and, sowing and reaping. It is destroying the kingdom of darkness. How do you get rid of poverty? Sow a seed. Uh, sign up for that, Lord. You are the one who gives me power to get wealth. I sign up for this. And I'm committed to this. And if there has been poverty, even third and fourth generation behind me, it's over with my generation. That will not continue. I refuse to be poor. And I refuse for my children to be poor. And I refuse for my great-grandchildren to be poor. And I refuse because one who's operating in the law, in the, in the law of seed time, in the law of sowing and reaping, has been born. That's the power of the seed. You hear people say that it's because of my grandmother. It's because of my grandfather. And we have a scripture uh, talking about Timothy. He says because of his grandmother was who? Eunice or Lois? Lois. And the mother? Eunice. Okay. I don't know if I've mixed them, but the grandmother, Lois. And the, 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 the mother, Eunice. And that faith is in you. What is that? The seed sown. Producing results into generations to come. Oh yeah, I can, I wish I'd, I know I have time. Glory to God. So I won't, I won't be wishing. You understand, Brother Francis, just wishing I wish I had time. We have time. Glory to God. If one day is to a what? A thousand years? A thousand years is to one day? Then one hour, I, I calculated, it's about 41 years. 41.6666. You are very young. <laughs> so we have 41.666, and we are remaining with 23-something years to finish this service today. <laughs> Glory to God. But... What was I saying now? <laughs> Hallelujah. Yes, I have. Oh, yeah. Look at this generational seed. In, in Hebrews chapter 7, talking about Abraham, when he met with King Melchizedek, the Bible says that, that of course, is in Genesis, I think, chapter 14. The Bible says that he gave the tithe of all. Remember, Melchizedek came with a bread and wine, and Abraham responded with a tithe. And the Bible says that, uh -huh. praise God. Let me go over there. Hebrews 12, 7. Did I say 12 or 7? 7. Let me show you how your giving is generational. And uh, 
Okay? Look at verse 7. Now beyond all contradiction, the lesser is blessed by the better. Here, mortal men receive tithes. But here, but there he receives them, of whom it is witness that he lives. I believe that's Jesus. Here we receive it. Tithe. But listen, it has effect in two realms. Here we receive it. But it, we, it has effect in two realms. There, in the heavenly sphere, he receives it. Even Levi, who received the tithe, paid the tithe through Abraham, so to speak. For he was still in the loins of his father when Melchizedek met him. You see that? Oh, that's good for a young person. Can you imagine that they are 18, 19, they are tithing, or, or 14, and they are tithing, or 12, and they are tithing. And the Bible says even the children that they haven't been born yet, they are giving tithes. Are you looking at me? Is that mask has a... <laughs> but look at this, look at this, look at this. Come on now. It says this, even Levi, come on, we know Abraham... Isaac, Jacob, then who? The one we are talking about. Levi was in the 12 tribes, okay? Come on now. Oh, you've done a lot of webinars until you're, you're, you're having to get used to seeing someone <laughs> talking to you. <laughs> Anna kwa Anna, masho kwa masho. <laughs> It seems like you're having to get used to seeing someone speaking, okay? So even Levi, how many generations are those who receive tithes, pay tithes through Abraham, so to speak? That is generational blessing. That has ripple effect into generations to come. And that's why you make up your mind. Listen to this. If you don't make this mind, this is what it means. If you, we eat our tithes, this is what is happening. We are robbing the future generations of the blessing of God. But when we give, we are blessing the next generation. Oh, hallelujah. I don't want the next generation to experience what we have experienced. Amen? We don't want the next generation, the coming generation, to experience the blessing of God. Some of us in our families, we are having to deal, we, we've had to deal with fallow ground. The ancestors, I don't know, worshipped what? And here we are come here, they just shall live by faith. We have to deal with every kind of demons. I don't want that to the next generation, do you? Obey God. Walk through obedience in, in, in his word. Where we reach? We reach. That's exactly what it shall be. Because I have plenty to share until one o'clock. Church, it is the kingdom of God that we are talking about. God becomes your source and your expectation 
increases as you do it. God becomes your source. If you're sore, God becomes your source. And your expectation increases. And thank him, he has thousands and thousands and millions of meeting our needs. Not one way. I don't want that. I like, I like being surprised. When he does it in a way that I could have never imagined that he was going to do it. That's like him. That's God. Hallelujah. Church is the kingdom of God. It's not the world system. Do you know what the world system will do? Controlled by the devil is to attack tithing, to attack giving. Yeah, those pastors now, what they want is tithing. You know, now he's having to teach about tithing. You know, people have not been going to church, so they have not been tithing. No, we live by faith. In this, in this ministry, and all the kind of people waiting for people to give, we give. We tithe. Pastor Carla tithes. Tina and I tithe. Pastor Wade tithes. You know, we tithe. We give. We expect. We saw. We help people. We help people. How is that? That's the, that, that's the operation of the kingdom of God. I have been in active pastoral team for over 20 years, and I've yet to find a, a born-again believer who's not tithing and happy. They're not. If you start talking to them, you realize they're not. Why? Because the devil robs of the blessing that, that, that God has in store for them. But I'm telling you the joy of giving. Hallelujah. The joy of sowing and reaping to anyone who has tested it, it gets better and better. And they receive the word with expectation. In fact, it reminds me of Isaiah 60 in verse 18. He says this, the latter part of it, but you shall call your whole salvation and your gates praise. Praise. Hallelujah. Have you ever felt good by giving something to someone and you see them getting thrilled? I think I really like it. I, I like it there so much. Especially, I, I, I get a mess. Strangers is so wonderful. Always, you know, people you love, always you give. And sometimes, sometimes uh, like family members can get used to until they think it's a haki yangu. You understand that? But a total stranger works so good. Or oh, you know family members, you help them. You know, they have a tendency of sometimes get used to it until they think that's their right. No, it's not. It's, it's my faith in God. But look at this then. But, but a stranger, it, it's amazing. Uh, waiters and waitresses, oh, they get so amazed. And I get to lead them to the Lord easily by doing that. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. I remember... I was thinking about this morning, see, for a few minutes here, going to the Bible school in the year 2000. Now with nothing, no money, I checked out this morning, actually, it was a total of $1,400. Now, $1,400 in the year 2000. For a person that cannot pay a rent, a pay rent, is being housed. 
you lead a person to the Lord and they house you. That's wonderful. I led, led a, mama, a mama to the Lord who had a, who had a, a house to rent out and uh, became a, a person in there. And I will receive, don't call me caretaker, but I was kind of, I received the money. <laughs> but it was in the slum. It was in the slum. And then I have, have no bed, can't make even uh, uh, literally uh, 150 shillings was a breakthrough. Because mostly it was 50, 20, 10. You've ever been to the stage, uh, if you've never been there, please don't go there. You've been to the stage that you have to walk a little bit, a kilometer towards town. There is a junction that they reach, and that's where they ask people, they, they start calling out for cheap affairs. You, you understand? And you know if you're boarding at 8 o'clock, that's the time for rush. So you have to think of leaving the house around 11 or 12. Or if you have really an early appointment, it will be 5 o'clock. Because at least there they can pick you up for almost for nothing. Now that's poverty. That's lack. That's insufficiency. But it was, do you have that thing over there, uh, Andrew? Let me check it out. I want to, oh, it's not so visible, but it should be bigger. That's my letter for Bible school. I wish I could be able to enlarge it and be able to see it. But actually, I checked out this month, it was 1,400, and I was to report, not in shillings, I was to report with $625. Reporting day was 6th of October. With $625, that's about 46000 then. I think they had an exchange rate of, uh, of, uh, of uh, 75. Can you think of someone who has no money to be able to do that? You see that? Pa- pa- go down there, over there. But, but person who is no man- with no money, you're reporting with $625. Not in shillings. You've not handled dollar, and they're telling you you're paying in dollars. <laughs> man, that is impossible looking. But let me tell you something. When you know you have that seed inside of you and it's working and you know that this principle has to work because, because God says it will work, came out of that Bible school debt free. And look at this. We were to report 625, then pay six monthly installments of $111 every month. Come on now. If I couldn't make 3000 per month, what is $111? Every month? No way. To the natural? Impossible. And the seventh month, it was $109, the last one. But it is a seed directed to God, the source of everything that matters. A seed directed to God, the source of everything that matters. It changes everything. It's a game changer. Why? I asked the Lord one time, the highest amount I sowed, I could quote, quote, afford to sow, to ask the time of the Bible school, the highest I sowed was 500 shillings. That was about $7, highest amount of seed. And I asked the Lord, how comes that it was the highest amount seed I could sow was $7, and then you, 
you had me out of this Bible school debt free with of $1,400. Where, where, where is this? Does it equate you accountant people? Let me tell you something quickly and then we'll stop here probably. We'll go and continue next. Let's go to Mark chapter 12. I want to read it from that one you'll see that, that, that uh, later you'll see it even 50 years from today. I'll still have it. It's my testimony. Mark 14, verse 41. L look, at, look at this uh, uh, to make a point. I'll be able to do it quickly. And Jesus sat down opposite the temple treasury and began watching how the people were putting money into the treasury. And many, mark that, Rich people were putting in large sums. A poor widow can think of a Bible school student from Dandora going to an international Bible school, came and put in his 500 shillings, small copper coins which amount to a mite. Calling his disciples to him, he said to them, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, this poor widow put in proportionally more than all the contributors to the treasury. For they all contributed from their surplus, but she from her poverty put in all she had, uh, all she had to live on. And, and, and remember, look at this. I believe this. I believe it with all my heart. When she turned away, if it was here, when she turned back going, she was no longer a poor widow. She was no longer a poor widow. She caught God's attention. I will, I'll do it. Let's see. I'll do it. Let me, let me read something over here from the Amplified Bible concerning the same scripture. As verse 44. Is it what? Verse 44? Yeah. Let me read something here from the Amplified Bible. Oh, I'm in Mark 14. Actually, it's Mark 12. Are you still here? Yes. Do you have your shout? Yes. Glory. Hallelujah. Listen to this over. And many rich people were, were, were putting in large sums. Listen, the 13 receptacles is an explanation for the money were metal and the heavy silver coins contributed by the wealthy would have made quite a noise when they were deposited. You know, you, that, that quiet noise when they are being deposited, when they were being deposited, calling audible attention to the size of each contribution. You see that? Do you get that? Now look at this. By contrast, the widow's coin would have barely made a sound. But can I tell you something? resonated into the heavens and caught the Father's attention. That seed sown by faith that brings results because if it catches the attention of the maker of heaven and earth, what do you expect? Plenty of harvest. And listen to this. I think I can say something concerning a mite. The least valuable Roman coin which amounted to only one sixty or fourth of a day's wages for a laborer, traditionally called the widow's mite. 
In other words, if you are to say it in Swahili, kama umechoka, we unamite. You understand? That's the only thing you have. Your pockets are tired. Your bags are tired. But, I'll make one less statement regarding this. But, listen to this. It's a seed directed to God, the source of your everything that really matters. By understanding sowing and reaping, you determine your increase. It also opens to you the realm of the supernatural of God. It's a very important key to multiplication. You determine your increase. Not your employer. Not the season. Not corona. Not the economy of the world. You determine your increase. A believer... Will, the one who will not understand the, law, the, the love of God will not understand the love of God and grow in it if they don't apply the law of seed time and harvest. Remember, he loved the world that he gave. To grow in the love of God is to understand the law of sowing and reaping. Next time we'll continue from there. Where we reach, we have reached. Hallelujah. Did you receive something out of this? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Don't faint. Don't grow weary in well-doing. Don't withhold. Sow your seed. If you have been asked, God, forgive me. Forgive me, Lord. I want a new beginning. Will you please rise up on your feet even as I call Brother Francis to come and take it over from here. And Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for this word. So shall it be. The word that goes out of your mouth, it shall return. It shall not return to you void, but it shall accomplish that which you please and prosper in that thing. Father, thank you for the blessing of God upon your people. I stand in agreement with Pastor Carlos, pastors of this congregation, and speak your blessing upon your people. In Jesus' name, amen.